Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Rachel DeVoe, who you probably know from Instagram as Rachel's Good Eats. She is a health, fitness, and food creator with a cult following of over a half million Instagram followers. Rachel parlayed her passion for sports and nutrition into a career as a certified personal trainer and registered dietitian, building a coveted and dedicated community of followers online and through her website, Rachel's Good Eats. She encourages the practice of balance in all aspects of life and commitment to incremental change. She has several successful ebooks on fitness and food and is also the founder of Recreation Sweat, her new brand of fitness bands and accessories and activewear. I had so much fun connecting with Rachel in this episode. We chat about how Rachel successfully grew her brand, tips for creating community and engagement, her fitness and food as medicine nutrition philosophy, the importance of protein and strength training, how to get healthy in the kitchen, and her process for writing her first cookbook, Rachel's Good Eats, which is out April 18th. The cookbook is filled with over 100 gluten-free, mostly dairy-free, refined sugar-free recipes in every category from breakfast, salads, comfort mains, and all kinds of desserts like her famous cookie skillet. You can pre-order her cookbook in the link in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the episode. If you haven't had the chance to try our grain-free granolas yet, head on over to Walmart to now find them in the gluten-free healthy living aisle in select Walmart locations. Our grain-free granolas have crunchy clusters of nuts, superfood seeds, and creamy nut butters, all baked with organic coconut oil and sweetened with coconut sugar. They are gluten-free, paleo, and keto certified. Use the link in the notes section to find Purely Elizabeth products at a Walmart store near you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. We were just talking and we have met briefly. But how many years ago was that? Five or six years ago? So long ago, but it's so funny because the amount of people that I've had on the podcast who I met at Revitalize, like it's <laughs> really <laughs> what, yeah, what Jason and Colleen created there was amazing. I keep telling them they need another Revitalize. So hopefully, they do. Maybe 23 like will be the year. Thanks for having me. So let's start with your journey and what inspired you to get into nutrition and personal training and were they at the same time or which came first? So it's funny when I was growing up, I feel like I identified with fitness more because I played sports growing up. So I kind of knew that I always wanted to be a personal trainer eventually And it wasn't until I think high school where it really clicked that I was like, okay, nutrition really has like this huge effect on your performance related to sports. And so that was kind of when I really knew that I wanted to focus on nutrition. So that's why I went to college. I went to Oregon State University and studied dietetics. And probably two years after I became a registered dietitian, I became a certified personal trainer as well. So it was, I feel like I always knew that it was going to be side by side. It was in your blood. Yes. And they're just so related where it just makes so much sense. You know, like wellness is not just focusing on one thing. It's truly all encompassing. So for sure. I feel like 
I, in my early 20s, started to do marathons and triathlons and like got up to doing a half Ironman, which was crazy. But in that really like started connecting a the mental piece of it, and then b the nutrition. And that was kind of my entryway into being interested in nutrition was Mm -hmm. like, wow, the effect that it has on your performance, like this is real science. And it, it just really connected all the dots. Right. And that's pretty much what I share on my Instagram page, Rachel's Good Eats. It started off with food. I created it when I was a senior in college. So it was 100% food focused the the first like year and a half. And then I started sharing more of my workouts. So it's slowly evolved. And now it's just more of my lifestyle. And I just share a lot of healthy tips and wellness hacks that I personally do that work for me. So let's get into starting the blog and Instagram. Like, what was that? So certainly when you started the blog, was Instagram around? Instagram was first. Okay. So I think that was in 2015, like January. So I just had my, what, seven years? Yeah. And then I really just made my blog as a way to archive all my recipes. Yeah, it's just slowly progressed. It's been a slow build over the past seven years, which has been a lot of fun. And I can't believe it's already been that long because you obviously started your Instagram after you started Purely Elizabeth. Yeah. So we the company started in 2009. And then I don't remember what year we started on Instagram. It was like the very beginning. I mean, I go back to like the very first picture and it was some picture that I would never have posted. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's like, I had such a low bar back then. I was posting two to four times a day without missing one day, which just still blows my mind for two years. I think I went without missing one single day and it was in college. So just the fact that I made time for it, it was like a passion project. It was just me being creative. I love styling my food. So I think that's where a lot of the aesthetic comes from. But yeah, my bar was so low. That now, you know, it takes something higher to be able to go on my feed. Totally. Well, you (laughs) really were an OG. And I feel like we, even though we just met the one revitalized time, but we connected so early on and you were such a supporter and we were a supporter of yours. So it's amazing what you have built over the years. And you say it's a slow build, but you've created an incredible following and an incredible brand that you should be so proud of and has so much exciting stuff coming on that we'll we'll talk about shortly. But why don't kind of get into, you know, obviously Instagram is different today than it was starting out in 2015 and certainly harder to get onto the platform and grow your following today. But what Mm -hmm. do you think really worked and resonated with people then and, and Mm -hmm. continues to today that's really allowed you to build this incredible brand? I think that's a good question. First and foremost, I think it's being authentic to yourself and just sharing what you're truly passionate about because people can kind of sense if you're not kind of being truthful. And so I think from day one, it's all I've never looked at it in terms of like building this career out of it. So I think a lot of people now go into it just wanting the going viral and just blowing up more so than just slowly building the brand over years. So I think yeah, when you first started, did you have any intention? Or was it like Instagram was early then that it was just like, Oh, I'm posting what I ate? 100%. It was zero idea that it would ever 
get big, which is so funny because, you know, when I started, it was more just for my friends and family and me. That was just my little creative outlet during college. So I just wanted to show people that eating healthy can be fun and enjoyable and not take a lot of prep or ingredients to make something that is really good. And taste is king in my world. So all my recipes, I really focus on the taste and the flavor. And you're not going to regret your unhealthy options by choosing the healthier choice. (laughs) Yeah, love that. So what was the point? Do you remember the point in the seven year journey that you were like, okay, I think this is more than just my passion project. And like, I've made it. Yeah, I made um, this into a career. I feel like I still don't have the mindset like I've made it. I think it's been so many really great opportunities that have come from working so hard over the past seven years. But probably after my dietetic internship, which I took after I got my degree to become a registered dietitian, I created my own private practice. I feel like I always knew that I wanted to work for myself in some way. So after getting my RD, I had probably five to seven clients that I just focused on grocery shopping with, um, kind of editing their pantry, their fridge, kind of just sharing, you know, a foundation of nutrition and some movement, but more so nutrition. And at that point, I was actually starting to make money through my Instagram page by working with brands, helping promote their products. And I just thought my end goal is to be able to help as many people as possible on their wellness journeys. And so it was kind of a clear jump to go all into social versus just helping, you know, as many people as I could in person, which was like five to seven people. So at that point, I closed down my private practice, which didn't really last that long, probably six months, and then just went all in on social media. So from there, that was probably in. 2017, it was two years after starting. And then in 2018, I helped open Toast Society Cafe. Which wow, that I was own. 2018? That's already been so yeah. long. I know, so long. So it's a healthy cafe in Las Vegas that I own with my sister and our third partner. And we have gourmet toast. Everyone loves toast, smoothies, wellness lattes, and we, I actually reached out to your team in 2018. And so we serve nearly Elizabeth OG granola. Love it. And it's one of the things that our customers love. So love that. And we just opened our second location in July of last year. And they're both in Vegas. Again, it's been so much fun just seeing kind of the different opportunities that have. Love that. And I love like being open and pivoting to what's coming in front of you and mm-hmm. taking the risk because a lot of people could have just said, this is more comfortable having my, mm-hmm. my clients. And it sounds like you must've really made that decision and kind of stepped out of your comfort zone to go for what you were dreaming at the time. A hundred percent. And the, no one teaches you obviously how to build your own business. I had to learn everything from myself. So opening the private practice was such a challenge in itself. And yeah, when I saw that, the opportunity through social media and just being able to help thousands more people. It's just been so much more rewarding and it is a big risk. And I think I've just always had that entrepreneurial mindset where, you know, you got to take big risks to, to make it worth it. 
Totally. I feel like I can also really relate because I went to integrative nutrition and did their program and came out of it with a private mm-hmm. practice that I had, you know, eight, 10 clients and then mm-hmm. purely started to come into the world. And it was like, okay, I could help 10 people or help thousands of people. And it's to your exact point, it's, it is very rewarding to have a private practice in that one-on-one, but it just makes it mm-hmm. a, a whole other stratosphere of, of change. Totally. Does it ever get old seeing all your products everywhere? No, it doesn't. I still get like the same thrill, honestly, like walking into oh, Whole Foods. I, love it. I still take oh. a picture every time. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's on it. Oh my gosh. I am so, I'm just so proud that you continued on. Like the amount of products that you have is, is crazy. And my whole family and all my friends are obsessed. So <laughs> thank you. Keep going. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So what tips can you share now in building the brand and really like making a name and especially in this, Mm. in this world today, which is not easy. I think honing in and starting in a niche topic or a niche market is really helpful. I mean, obviously I started with only nutrition. I never showed my face for the first like two years of it. And so just by starting to build a community that really resonates with that one single topic first can be very helpful. And then starting to expand a little bit more broad I also think engaging is huge. I am in my DMs every single day. I try to answer as many messages as possible. I know a lot of people with bigger followings, that's not their first priority. But yeah, that's amazing. A lot of these these people have been with me since the beginning. And it's almost like we've grown up together. When I first created it in college, there's a lot of college girls who followed me. So we have just been honestly, like social media friends, I build relationships with people. And I host in person events and workouts, and I get to meet them. And so that's so cool. That's probably my favorite part about it. So just being engaged with your community and listening to them and asking them what they want. So much of my business is truly just by listening to their requests. Like if I didn't start sharing my fitness workouts on my Instagram stories when (laughs) Instagram stories first came out, I don't know if I would have had, you know, my successful ebook business that I've had creating fitness programs because they're the ones who kept asking for more workouts. They've also, you know, asked for more recipes, which led me to create my first cookbook, which is coming out this April 18th, Rachel's Good Eats ties into the name. So yeah, it's just truly a friendship through your community. So just being in tune with what they can resonate with and at their requests and what they want. You've done an incredible job really building that community. I think that I see it like instantly. And is there anything that's been surprising that they've asked for that, that has, that you've, you maybe like pivoted what you're going to do, or like you said, is that what made you come out with ebook or I don't know if it was surprising. I think what you said earlier about being able to adapt and kind of just pivot with the times is one of the most important things you can do, especially if you have an online business, you just have to be willing to kind of roll with the punches like during the pandemic, when none of us were probably used to working out from home. I had never worked out from home before that. And I felt like it was my responsibility that I kind of lead people 
through live workouts on Instagram. And I think that's when I got a lot more followers or community members through the pandemic because I did put on two live workouts a week. Which is hardcore. It was intense, but I didn't think about it long term in the moment. You know, I kind of just started off. Okay, guys, like, let's do this together. We're all in this together. Like, we're going to figure it out. All you need is five feet of space to get a good workout. And so, yeah, me and my husband, Bridge, we worked out in our kitchen two times a week. We put on live workouts. It probably took him a few weeks to really join in. but, (laughs) But that was funny because then I feel like a lot of boyfriends and husbands joined in through the lives. And at one point, I think we had like 40,000 viewers on one of the live workouts. Like it was really cool. Yeah. And that turned into one of my, I think my best-selling fitness program, which was my good sweat at home. So at home workouts, all you need is five feet of space, like I was saying, and dumbbells. And so I guess my fitness philosophy is more just showing people that you just focus on movement, focus on what you love and yeah, just stay consistent. Love that. So I think you just launched another ebook on strength training. Is that right? Yes. And I watched your stories earlier this week. I see you doing your pull up. Now I'm like super into strength (laughs) training. So I want to hear all about your philosophy on this and then we'll tie that Mm -hmm. into nutrition. But I guess for starters, like for someone who's never done strength training and might have a fear of going to the gym or or Mm -hmm. home, how do you navigate encouraging people to start something in fitness that might be intimidating? I think that's where a lot of people's mindset is. is yeah. there it's like scary. Gym, yeah. Really, gym, we came up this with this word, Eden from my team, gym intimidated. Because oh, it, it. like it can be a scary place if you're, you know, walking in. But lately I've been showing on my Instagram stories, I'll just go into the gym and, and take a photo in the mirror. And basically I want to empower women and the girls who follow me that you go into the gym, no one is caring about your workout. No one's watching. You think all eyes are on you, but truly like they're only focused on their workout. So put your earphones in, blast the music, just stay in your own world and kill it. (laughs) But I think after the pandemic, it was such a constant working out from home type of mindset where once we kind of got more access to leaving our house and going into the gym, I wanted to do something different. And I think that just goes with different phases of life about being interested in different things. Yeah. And I was craving more lifting heavy, more gym workouts. Again, my community was asking for more strength training workouts. So I thought, okay, this is the time that I'm going to come out with a gym program. I tested it essentially from May of 2022 through November. Oh, wow. it's a long time to make a fitness guide. I have different testers. Um, everyone on my team does the whole program from start to finish. It's eight weeks long. It is strength training with a focus on progressive overload. And we Which means what that- for people that don't know? Yeah. So over we're starting lights, building that foundation of focusing on your form with light weights. And then we build up over eight weeks. So you're kind of tweaking just little things versus not really going into it with a plan. So I have made this super strategically by just tweaking the reps, the resting times, the amount of rounds you go through, like everything is laid out in this program. And I am so 
proud of it. I saw the biggest difference in my just overall physique, how I felt and building muscle when I went through it first. And starting January 9th of this year, we all started as a community and we're going through the eight weeks together, which I think is so fun because how cool is it when you can have not just one accountability partner, but an entire community to do it with. And we have this private Facebook group, which we've been building over the years. And it's the most positive place. I think that's one of the most proudest moments for me is this accountability Facebook group. Everyone is so great to each other. I think unlike a lot of Instagram where it can be kind of negative. Yeah, everyone just uplifts each other. And it's very motivational when you log in and you see people sharing photos, their tips that they're focusing on for the week and just pushing each other. So that's the best part is these community challenges. That's so cool. That must make you so happy to go in there and see like how you're truly affecting people and changing. And I think particularly with strength training, what I'm finding is like, you feel so good about yourself after a workout when you've pushed through hard things that it sets the tone for the rest of the day and just sets that ripple effect positivity. So to see that from so many members of your community must be really gratifying. Oh my gosh. And when they, like, I just got a message last night that from a girl who said she was in the gym earlier that day. And there were two other girls talking about good sweat strength. Oh, that's so cool. And so they all started talking. So it's like the friendships that people make through this community, like all across the world, which is wild, but that's the best part, hands down. (laughs) So will you continue to do these like all together programs a couple of times throughout the year? Yes. I typically switch off. I mean, depending which guide I launch that year, we'll go through that entire guide. And then, I don't know, every few months, it's just fun to start another challenge together. Totally. All right. I got to get on your next challenge then. <laughs> you have or I can start late, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Your pull-ups are crazy. Smoothies are one of our favorite meals or snacks here at Purely Elizabeth. But you know what we love even better? A smoothie bowl. That's why we've partnered with Smoothie King to add our organic original granola on top of their new smoothie bowls for the perfect salty sweet crunch. All six new smoothie bowls features an acai or pitaya base with a variety of fresh ingredients such as locally sourced fruit, dried coconut, goji berries, honey, or peanut butter, and our granola. It's super easy to order directly through the Smoothie King app or you can order in-store starting April 6th. Can't wait for you to try it. I know you're going to love it. Enjoy. So before getting into your whole philosophy on food, I, mm-hmm. for personal reasons, want to talk about protein because I feel like I have eaten so little protein for so long and on this journey of strength training, really trying to focus on protein. So I would love to hear your take on protein consumption with strength training and any tips for adding protein into your diet? Because I think for so many women, we're under eating our protein. 100%. Even I have gone through phases where I kind of pay attention to protein intake over just a few days. And it's wild how much I'm under consuming. So that's one of my biggest tips, even when you're having snacks to include some sort of protein, whether it's nuts, um, nut butter, maybe it's just a quick protein smoothie. But yeah, I think that's definitely one of the biggest things that people are under consuming is 
protein, it can really have a huge effect on, you know, seeing results in the gym, building lean muscle mass, maintaining muscle mass. And so that is a big part of my good sweat strength ebook. In the beginning, I have this big nutrition section that kind of gives people some tips and tricks. And my recommendation, although I don't count calories or macros, I think it's important if you just track your protein intake just for two days, kind of gives you a good idea of kind of where you're at and where you can start incorporating more and a good goal to work towards. Um, research shows that if you consume about one gram of protein per pound of body weight, that can get you closer to your fitness goals if you're looking to build lean muscle mass. Of course, if you're just looking to maintain, it's going to be a little bit less than that. But I think having a goal of that protein intake is a good kind of indicator for increasing lean muscle mass. And so if you focus on consuming about 20 to 30 grams of protein per main meal and then supplement additionally in your snacks in between those, that can be a big benefit. So in the mornings, I am such a smoothie person. That's where I get probably 30 grams of protein in immediately after my workouts. So I'll wake up, maybe I'll have half an RX bar, maybe I'll have like I just did this morning, uh, <laughs> all of cereal, just something that's going to give me a little bit of energy for the gym. And then I'll work out, do whatever type of movement I do, because that's like a non-negotiable in the morning. And then I'll come home and make a protein smoothie. And if you build them right, they can be the best meal replacement. But I how think- do you build your smoothie? And what's your favorite protein powders? Oh, I have a few. I like ritual protein be Well by Kelly. I like hers. Uh, Roots Nutrition, Collagen. Those are probably the three that I switch off from. But I like to have a full serving or serving and a half of protein powder. You can do plant-based, you can do whey-based. And then I include fiber. So any type of hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds. Then I do unsweetened almond milk, ice. And then I really focus on lower fruit than probably a lot of people do because that's where I feel like a lot of people can make mistakes is just overloading their smoothie with tons of fruit and it's just so much sugar. So I like to do a half a frozen banana and maybe like a few strawberries, maybe probably two. And then I like a healthy fat. So I'll add unsweetened peanut butter or almond butter and probably some cinnamon. But that's usually the base or my full smoothie in the morning. So that's like a PD and J smoothie for me. Love it. Love mm-hmm. that combo. Um, Are you a smoothie person? I am. I mean, I had that exact smoothie this morning with Be Well, vanilla, yes. um, half banana, couple frozen berries. Mm-hmm. I added in a tablespoon of flaxseed because I feel like now that I'm getting, trying to have more protein, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not getting as many like veggies for some reason. I kind of feel that too. I have to focus on that as well, like more sides of veggies. Yeah. And I do think to your point about tracking for like two days, because that was what was so eye opening to me was like, well, I was having like two ounces of chicken or just not a lot. I mean, if you have more protein, you are going to be more satiated and more full throughout the day, just like if you include more fiber and healthy fats throughout your day. So 
if you're lifting more, if you're focusing on strength training, you will get more hungry throughout the day. I think that takes people by surprise a lot of the time, especially the girls going through my strength program right now is they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so much more hungry throughout the day. (laughs) But that's good because it means that your body like needs that energy to continue growing, especially lean muscle mass. So incorporating more protein is going to help you. So let's hear your nutrition philosophy in addition just to the protein in the smoothie. What, uh, what does that look like? I feel like you and I have the same kind of philosophy with food as medicine. I look at food in terms of fuel, not in terms of calories or numbers. I look at the nutrients. So how can this food benefit me? Or maybe if I'm eating some type of package process item, that's probably not going to make me feel my best, which in my eyes, that's the main goal is how you feel after you consume ingredients. Yeah, my philosophy is really just eating for fuel, eating to live a healthy and happy lifestyle and eating foods that make you feel really good. So how does that come alive in your new cookbook coming out? Oh, I can't wait. So huge congratulations. You must be so excited. My first debut cookbook. I can't believe How long has this been in the making for? I've always wanted to create a cookbook, but I kind of in my mind just always kept pushing it out, pushing it out. And then I just kept getting requests for more recipes, more recipes. I'm like, this is actually the perfect time to put out a cookbook. I'm going to put some OG recipes that I know my audience loves. And then I'm going to include 75 plus recipes that are brand new that I've never released. So there's 110 recipes. They're all gluten-free, dairy-free, and refined sugar-free. There's everything from breakfast, lunch, uh, snacks and gatherings, sides, salads, smoothies, mains, and sweet treats and drinks. So lots of content. I'm just so proud of it. I love all the photos. That's obviously one of my goals is you're going to look through a cookbook and you're probably not going to totally. make the recipes that don't have photos. So that was a big part Always. of what I wanted to include in mine. So the photos are gorgeous. Uh, we shot it last December and January, 2021. So it's been like a two year wow. process. Crazy. So it's going to be so fun once it comes out, but yeah, you're going to see the same types of recipes that you see on my Instagram page meals that are convenient, easily accessible. You don't need a lot of ingredients to make them. And again, taste is number one. So they all, they've been through the ringer with all my taste testers and they, they're just really good. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to send you a copy. How long did it take you to put together the 75 new recipes? And was it so hard to not be developing it and wanting to post it on social or wanting to post it on your blog? And then also posting content at the same time. Like, how did you juggle both? Well, I didn't announce it until like eight months after we shot it. So I think the hardest part was keeping that secret. And I think if people knew that I was shooting the cookbook, they would understand (laughs) that I had like a lull in my recipe content or the blog, I guess, during that time, because it was so hard to obviously test all the recipes multiple times. I mean, some tested up to like eight or nine times through everyone I had testing them and trying them. And then, yeah, just being consistent with posting all of my other content. So that was a struggle, but we got through it. And 
What was your question? <laughs> how, uh, how long it took you to do all the 75 recipes? Okay. That was probably four to five months. Wow. Yeah. That's so fun though. I'm sure it, it was fun. like a tremendous amount of work, but at the same time, like super inspiring and just being in the zone. It was fun. I love testing recipes and just being creative in the kitchen. So I think that was a great outlet. And I've already started to work on number two. Ooh, that's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. I think just knowing how much work goes into it now, I have a better idea because people always said making a book is hard work, but you don't know it until you're fully totally. in it. Totally, totally. What tips do you have for people who might not be like super comfortable in the kitchen, wanting to eat healthier and just making a change and, and wanting to create some new habits in their life? I think the biggest tip, especially for me going through college and finally being on my own is just being more ex experimental in the kitchen and using trial and error and kind of seeing what works. Obviously, being in a kitchen is very intimidating for those who aren't used to cooking or didn't really have that growing up. So I think trying just one new recipe a week is very is very underwhelming versus, you know, kind of going into it with people who want to just kind of transform their whole health and wellness lifestyle and kind of make too many goals right away. And then it becomes overwhelming and then they feel defeated. So I think just going into it with smaller goals, just building one new recipe into their weekly routine can be very helpful. And then also another one of my tips I've already mentioned is just focusing on less added sugar in your diet. I think that's a big part of my brand overall. So just making a point to look at the ingredients of the foods you're consuming because sneaky sugar is truly in everything from ketchups and peanut butters and granola and just so many crackers and everything. So I think just paying attention to that is a huge help in the kitchen as well. Yeah. I was going to ask about your seven day detox, sugar detox. That's what it's called. Sugar right? detox. Yeah. But, so yeah. what have you found? If you want to talk a little bit about that program and then like what you found feedback wise, cause I think I, I like that you have it as seven days. It's not like 21 days that you're committing to this super long time. That seems really hard and maybe again, yeah. intimidating for someone to do, but I think like a seven day time be like, okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. but being a dietitian, I guess I should first start by saying that I don't necessarily promote any other types of detoxes, like juice cleanses or anything that's going to take out a main food group. But added sugar has a special place that I feel inclined to share with my community. It was also in, tw in 2019, I think I created it, but I myself went through I put myself through seven days of no added sugar just to kind of see how I felt. At the time, I was experiencing tons of brain fog. My digestive system was off track. I wasn't sleeping the best. So I just focused on removing added sugar for almost seven days. I think it took me a few times to get all the way up to seven days. Um, but I just noticed that I was unknowingly consuming so much added sugar yeah. throughout the day. And I was also snacking on so much fruit which obviously is good in moderation. There's tons of vitamins and essential minerals in fruit, but I was just overloading it, I guess, throughout the day and kind of snacking out of boredom. 
So I created this guide on how to essentially be successful in removing added sugar for seven days. And I include 22 healthy recipes, breakfast, lunch, dinners, snacks, and desserts. And I also give my healthy tips and tricks for what has worked for me, how to order out if you're going to go out to a restaurant, what to focus on. Because I just found so many benefits myself going through it. I kind of wanted others to experience it as well. And that is my bestseller on my shop goodies website because so many people have found the same success that I have and tens of thousands of people have done it with me. And that's another challenge that I like doing with my community every few months because it just kind of, it makes you feel good. Once you become more sensitive to sweet tasting things, fruit is even so much sweeter. You just learn to recognize it a lot more in the foods that you're eating every day. Yeah. And I think being aware of where it's coming in in those hidden ways that you wouldn't even think about, like ordering out and having a Thai dish that has a lot of sugar in it. I know it's truly in everything. And I think that's just one of the things I want to promote to people just to pay attention to what they're consuming because yeah. it's fuel. <laughs> For sure. So you're talking all about like feeling your best from how you're fueling yourself. I'd love to hear some of the other ways that you feel your best in your day. You talked at the beginning about having like wellness hacks, et cetera. What do you do in your day, whether it's morning routine or night routine or in the middle of the day to set you up for success and feeling great? Well, I guess my regular morning routine would be waking up I guess around seven in the winter. It's so hard to wake up earlier when the sun is not up yet. And then I drink water. I get ready for the gym. So I take my pre-workout or I drink coffee. And then I always have to have some sort of movement in the morning, whether it's strength training or just walking outside on, you know, in the fresh air or on a treadmill or even stretching. Cause I have tested this so many times. I am just a nicer person to everyone. <laughs> If I get moving in, it's like my therapy in the morning. So I kind of need that. And then I come home and make my post-workout smoothie. And then I kind of start my day so that it's not really a lot for my morning routine. But those are the few things I do every day to kind of set myself up for success. And other wellness hacks. I think just having like a big water bottle like this and making a point to just fill it up three times can be a simple goal for people to meet rather than, you know, consuming X amount of ounces of water every day. I don't know. What what wellness hack do you have? I'm curious. What do you do in the morning? I feel the same exact way about movement. Like if I don't move out, move right away in the morning, my whole day is off. So that's a total non-negotiable. I try, I don't do it every day, but I try to do like some sort of a gratitude meditation mm-hmm. combination. Um, I really like Superhuman app. If you've ever tried I've that, it. it's really great. It's not your like traditional meditation, which is I think what works for me. That it's like some of it's multitasking or just a different way to look at meditation, but just being mm-hmm. present. And I'm trying to have a night routine because I feel like I feel really great in the morning. And like my best self, I'm definitely a morning person, but then not as great in the evening. So trying to do some of those same things, whether it's even like stretching or taking a bath or reading has been a big thing for me of recent. I I totally agree. I think my nightly routine 
can be a lot better. I've noticed though, when I, I've actually been consistent with taking cold showers in the morning after my workout, as hard as it is, especially in the winter time, yeah. the dopamine you feel after you're done just a few minutes after is you're just ready for your day. It wakes you up. It just makes you feel so good. But going back to your meditation, when did you start doing that or incorporating that? Cause I have not dipped my toes into meditation yet. Like the last couple of years. So it hasn't been forever by okay. any means. So I would definitely start with the superhuman. I think it's okay. the best way to get yourself into it without being like, okay, I'm sitting here and what am I supposed to be doing? Or I'm sitting here in silence. Like she has writing meditation. She has getting ready There's meditations, like cooking, walking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've heard good things about it. I might have to check it out. And she's great too. So she's been on the yeah, I start. Oh, she has. I started yeah. following her. I think I just discovered her like two months ago. So I'll have to, I'll have to jump into that too. For sure. All right. Let's r- go into some rapid fire Q&A. Okay. What do you wish more people knew about you? Oh gosh. Probably that I am a major introvert and it's taken me years. I've been terrified of public speaking growing up. It's just always been like, my fear. But I think just showing people that the more you step outside your comfort zone, and the more you say yes to things that make you uncomfortable, that is just going to help you grow and you're going to get better at it. And the more practice you do with it, it's going to make you feel more confident. But yeah, I think I used to be terrified. So I'm working through that. But um, yeah, I'm just also an introvert. And I just need like my alone time to recharge. I feel the same exact way (laughs) as you. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, what made you want to start your podcast? Because I knew I was going to be uncomfortable and just like pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Yes. But I feel like my next question to you was going to be like, how do you post so well on Instagram while different, but still like putting yourself out there that does that feel like a struggle to you? Or is that now just coming naturally? Now it comes more naturally. I think in the beginning when Instagram stories first came out, it felt so foreign to like talking to your camera, but it feels comfortable now because I just think of my community that have turned into like my friends, Yeah, you know? So I see them on our Facebook page. I see them in my DMs and it kind of just feels like I'm talking to my community, which probably seems weird, but that probably makes me feel better about it. It's not like, realizing how many actual people are watching (laughs) super cool i feel like you need a podcast next oh that would be bridger's dream i think (laughs) he's like the talker and the extrovert and i'm like you guys could do it together i know that would be a good idea (laughs) all right favorite recipe or maybe you can pick two two favorite recipes in the cookbook okay for a main i would say my Mexican street tacos with avocado chimichurri and then for a sweet key lime tarts. Oh yeah. What's your number one recipe on your blog? The Twix? My inch. Oh, Twix bars for dessert. And then my enchilada skillet for a main, which are both in the cookbook because I know how much people. Favorite wellness hack. Oh gosh. I would probably say what I already mentioned is cold showers 
I know a lot of people can't afford to do like the cold plunges or get their own cold plunge, but just by doing consistently cold showers, just for I'm trying to do like a 30 seconds to a minute of just ice cold showers. Um, it's a good mental challenge. Yeah. So I would say that. Yeah. Stack that after you push yourself strength training and then do that. You can do anything with your day. <laughs> 100%. It's so hard to do, but you just it's like rewarding afterwards. Three things that you're currently loving could be product, podcast, TV show. I would say, okay, in terms of a podcast, I think could be valuable. Have you heard of Build with Rob? It's Rob no. Dyrdek. It's very motivational. Obviously, he's like more of the extreme. He lives a very systematic lifestyle with every minute of his day is planned. But I just remember him from Robin Big. Yeah. MTV. He is the best. I love everything he has to say. So I think just listening to his podcast, even though it's like very extreme, you can take a lot of like little nuggets of information and incorporate it into your day. I'll definitely healthy, check that out. Healthy tips. What else? Avocado toast on gluten-free sourdough because I'm currently in Las Vegas. And that is, we've been going to Toast Society every day to work up for a few hours. And so that's my current order. What is the gluten-free sourdough that you guys use? It is called Cooks. Have you heard of it? It's no. actually really good. Um, Can you buy it as a consumer? I think so. And then on the toast, we put smashed avocado, feta, cherry tomatoes, a sliced egg, sesame seeds, sea salt, and olive oil. And Addicted to it. And then I'd probably say, I saw this around on social media, the Stanley Cups, and I had to try it. And it's actually life-changing. I don't know what it is with like the big handle and the straw. And it also fits into like every cup holder, but... I guess I'm obsessed with that. It's always with me. <laughs> I feel like I need to get one. How much water does it hold? Mine is 30 ounces, but you can also get the 40 ounce. Those are big. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you're filling that three times a day. So that's yeah, great. Try to get to like 70 to 100 ounces a day. Top three items in your grocery shopping cart, other than purely Elizabeth, which we know is number one. But- oh. <laughs> no, that is 100% because I just got three boxes of the vanilla blueberry almond cereal. Because it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. I love it so much. Probably avocados. They're just hands down always in there. Mm, almond milk. Just because we make so many smoothies. So I feel like that's just a constant refill. Do you buy particular almond milk? or? I feel like almond milks are like very controversial. Because yeah. people are so hardcore in the brands that they like. If it's on sale, I like the three trees mm. vanilla bean. Yeah. But it's an aggressive amount of money for yeah. almond milk. But it's really especially good. in a smoothie. Like maybe if you were having it in like a latte where you can like really taste the almond yeah. milk. That's very true. And I am very particular with what I put the good almond milk in. Like in a smoothie, I probably wouldn't use it. I would rather use water to, yeah. not, to not waste it or do like a half and half. Yeah. I feel you. And then red bell peppers. I always get these. They're extra high in vitamin C. And I just, I love how sweet they are. And I try to eat them in some meal every day. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Do you snack on them? Like without a hummus or yeah. Yeah. That's a good, 
maybe I'll do that today. But sometimes <laughs> I get a little lackluster on my healthy snack. So I need to bring that back. <laughs> Favorite words to live by? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Movement in the morning. I am a nicer person to myself, to everyone else, and it's just more enjoyable for everyone. It's my type of therapy in the morning. Love that. All right, Rachel, in closing, what's next? What can we, we have the cookbook coming out and then what's next after that? Okay, what? My husband, Bridger, and I actually created Recreation Sweat, which is a fitness accessories company, and we made it through the pandemic, and we sell glute bands, um, jump rope, basically everything you need to take anywhere with you. You can get a workout in wherever you are, and we're actually launching activewear this year. So exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't know when this is going to go live, but our first collection drops the end of February and we have about five total collections for this year. So we're very excited for that. That's huge. Wow. So much exciting stuff in the works. There's a lot of exciting stuff and I'm so excited for this cookbook just because it's been a long time coming and I'm going to go on cookbook tour in April. So I'll release all that on my website, rachelsgoodeats.com. And will you be going all across the country? Yes. Yes. It's going to be two-ish weeks long. So we have about, I think, eight cities total right now. But we might add more. So we'll see. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned. Well, this is coming out in April, right in time with the cookbook coming out. So it'll be perfect. So everyone get the cookbook. And maybe you can see Rachel live and in person. Yes, I would love that. You can pre-order it basically anywhere books are sold, Target, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and hopefully I'll come to a city near you. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was so fun to have you. Thanks, Elizabeth. So nice seeing you. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.